It's Under the Dome Radio, the full discussion and fan feedback show for the last time, episode number 74, recorded September 11th, 2015. Four weeks ago, an impenetrable dome made of an unknown material suddenly appeared around Chester's Mill. At first, you and the people of Chester's Mill focused on how to survive. After being cut off from the rest of the world with limited and diminishing resources, made worse by ecological disasters that threaten the town almost daily. And of course, there was the human threat as well. Then, approximately 10 days ago, you were, in your words, cocooned and infected by an alien presence that called itself the kinship. In fairly short order, the kinship began to control the minds and bodies of the people of Chester's Mill. Those who were not infected formed a resistance and had some success, but ultimately had no choice but to aid the kinship in building a device that brought down the dome. We have been rescued. That is right. Although it may have only been four weeks, it seemed like three long years, and we are free here at Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. Thanks again for hanging with us for these past three summers. This is episode 74 of Under the Dome Radio, and the show notes for this week's episode will be at underthedomeradio.com slash 74. And if you'd still like to send us some kind of feedback, you can still do it. We'd love to hear it or read it at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. And Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Check out the other shows that'll make you think, laugh, and succeed all at noodle.mx. We're also sponsored by lynda.com. Get a 10-day free trial. Learn something new and awesome at lynda.com slash dome for all the details. Wayne Henderson here, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, and for some reason, I can't remember what happened two days ago, let alone four weeks ago. So whatever you want there, Mr. Army Sir Man, for once, I am not concerned about the details. Details, Sir and Wayne. It's the last time we're going to be able to get to tell everybody what we're going to be doing here. So why don't we go ahead and get it started? Because we got a lot to cover. Yes, we do. We will start off with breaking news. That is our segment where we've got dome-related news and not much else going on. So we will then go on the air and talk about what we found interesting or just plain bizarre about the series finale of Under the Dome. Then we head on over to On Location. That's where we're going to chat with you, the dedicated viewers of Under the Dome, with your voicemails and messages. So with that, let's get this thing rolling with ratings and news and anything else that you may or may not want to share. Shall we, Troy? We shall, Sir Wayne. Now, we don't really need ratings. It's over. (laughs) And there's no real dome news. So we thought we'd share some information that we found kind of seeing where some of our favorite Under the Dome stars might appear in the future. For example, Mike Vogel. Yes, our dear Super Babs, Super Barbie, will be sticking around in the land of weird and mysterious. He's part of the cast on Sci-Fi's new show called Childhood's End, which is based, not sure yet whether it's loosely or not, like Under the Dome was, 
based on the 1953 science fiction classic by British author Arthur C. Clarke. And once again, Mike Vogel is going to be the conduit between the aliens and the humans when Childhood's End airs in December on Sci-Fi. And then Rochelle Lefebvre will be in a new movie coming out in 2016 entitled Backcountry. Elliot Baker seizes the chance to develop a better relationship with his sons when his ex-wife Karen, played by Rochelle, and her new husband take a vacation and leave the boys with him. What starts as a bonding opportunity turns into a nightmarish adventure when they get stranded in a deserted cabin near the lake as night falls. And I know you're going to think it was going to be a slasher film, but it's not. Instead, a snowstorm rages on outside. Bradley is 15, Caleb is 12. They quickly learn more about their father and what they truly mean to him in this gripping tale of family and survival. And no word yet whether at the end of the show they're going to say, do you remember when things were frozen? (laughs) We will tell later on. Big Jim's going to be back on the silver screen starring alongside Julia Roberts and Nicole Kidman. That's not too shabby. That's an upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's going to be coming out in November, a show called Secret in Their Eyes. A tight-knit team, it says right here, of rising investigators, along with their supervisor, is suddenly torn apart when they discover that one of their own teenage daughters has been brutally murdered. Norris will be playing the character of Bumpy, which I can't picture. He's going to play Bumpy, and it comes out on November 20th when Secret in Their Eyes is set to open in theaters. There you go. The three big stars, they all survived the dome and they all survived to work again around the Hollywoodness and New Yorkness because everybody has left Wilmington. So we'll take a moment of silence to say goodbye to our friends in Wilmywood down there. Uh, we're hope to actually visit at some point to meet all of you. So our good friends, Rochelle, the dome nurse, Sheila Brothers from Sunny 104.5. Thanks so much for everything you guys did while the show was there taping in town. And to close it out, Enemy Within, the ratings. We actually held steady against football. Opening night football. Can you believe the Dome actually held steady? And we actually picked up a million viewers. 4.23 million viewers live same day for the finale. So far cry from 13 million when it all started. Is it not, Sir Wayne? Very much a far cry. And perhaps some of those other folks that decided to join in and see what was happening on CBS while the shenanigans of the deflate gate team and what's left of the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing on the other network. Uh, they probably just decided to check this out and said, Oh, that's right. This is the last episode. Let's see how it all tidies up. Hey, Steelers didn't look too bad. I mean, it sure looked like slaughter in the first half, but they came back. They, they, they fought valiantly, but uh, came up short in the end. Well, I love their defensive scheme of let's leave Gronkowski wide open and see what happens. You could say they fell a little flat. Wah, wah. <laughs> Troy, Let's, with that, even though the football may not have been full of air, let's go on the air. In case you missed it, it's the rundown of the finale, The Enemy Within, which, if you didn't notice, is exactly what Big Jim says at the end of his intro for this entire first part of the season here for season three. Uh, again, brought to you by Mikey Dislikes It at MikeyDislikesIt.com. Check out his Under the Dome reviews. And I love how he starts off his review this week, saving the worst for last. 
Yikes. There are some people that did not feel so strongly about this episode. There are some people that said, you know what, as an episode by itself, it actually was entertaining and enjoyable to watch. But we will get into that a little bit later because first, we have Jailbait. That's right. The Queen of the Domes, Dawn herself, is rallying the troops, getting them all together so that they can go ahead and take out this great you know, resistance that's coming. All of, you know, three people now because... Hunter can't do anything, and Joe's got to build the the device, and Nori's just going to shoot everybody, so there's really not much resistance when they can't all work together. Well, it makes you wonder if somebody told them that resistance is futile. You have to wonder that. You do. Uh, with that, of course, Julia and Barbie do what they do best. They hide out in the woods, but not before daughter Dearest actually spots Dad and says, guess what? You're my prisoner. Later on, you have Joe and Nori with the transmitter trying to escape right after that shootout as Big Jim comes up and says, hey, Romeo and Juliet, we got to go. With that, the kinship approaches and they are captured as well. Now they're all in jail, which is very reminiscent of the book, trying to figure out what to do. Dawn, of course, goes after Joe to finish up the thing. But Joe says, you don't need me. I need you. Vice versa. Let's go ahead and make a deal. They play a little bit of that, open up door number one and door number two to let everybody out, except for the people behind door number three, which were Big Jim and Julia, the ones not infected at all, if you do remember, because Junior was eventually cocooned at the end of the premiere. Somehow, Big Jim cries about his dog, gets his dog, and magically has a key to the jail cell strapped on his collar. I think it was when he actually escaped a couple of episodes ago, and he was in the bomb shelter that he put that key on the collar. Otherwise, it makes absolutely no sense why the key is on there in the first place. I think Indy went and got the key himself and just told some random person in special dog language to put that on there. I mean, I think the whole secret plan was Indy's doing. I think so, too. The dog is smarter than you think. Remember that picture? That picture that started off this whole series way back when, when they did the promotional artwork? And it was the boy inside the dome and the dog outside the dome with his paw up touching the boy's hand. Mm -hmm. I think that was going to be coming into play. And it certainly does later on in the episode. Now, Barbie has to be put into slave labor once again, puts the amethysts on the posts as Dawn stands by and basically says, Dad, I'm not listening to you. You're listening to me. Teenagers, I tell you. Teenagers. (laughs) Because yesterday she was an infant. (laughs) (laughs) Man, they grow up so fast. Sam and Junior have a big giant fight, which is some of the strangest and weirdest acting and wire stunts I've ever seen in my entire life. They kick up some dust, but finally, finally, Junior gets his revenge for killing Angie, stabs Sam right through the gut with a piece of rebar that just happened to be within arm's reach. Now, the big question is, is that rebar similar to what went through Julia's leg? Well, what, about a week ago? (laughs) Yeah, a week and a half, two weeks. When everything was frozen? When she was hyperthermic. (laughs) And Barbie was trying to run on slippery ice. When they had more than one Prius in town, they had other vehicles. When he could have just pushed her on the gurney. (laughs) We digress. Uh, Details. (laughs) Details. Hank, Hank, uh, Big Jim and Julia are actually down in the uh, fallout shelter getting some guns when the stupid guy comes down and they get basically beat to death with a golden baseball, another throwback to the book. And then we have Joe versus the dome. That's right. Some reason, somehow they bring in the fourth hands at the last minute, because if you were fourth hand and could see the pink stars and you're the one that must create the eighth note, of course, that was always in the schematic. Right. And then as they go ahead and bring Nori forward to sing, 
Then Joe does the most heroic thing ever to save the woman he loves and runs in and whistles the last tone and then vanishes into a blinding light of nothingness. In the meantime, everybody else is running around going, oh my gosh, what the heck is this purple stuff? And then literally, bam, dome comes down just like it did in the opening sequence of this season. Same purple shockwave, same purple disruption field, same disbursement. Everything was the same. They used the same special effects because they show it's canceled. They didn't have the budget. Wow. Right after that, we have the chance of a lifetime to take out Dawn once and for all. But Junior jumps up from the woods, takes that gun away from Julia, fights with his dad, and they have a father and son picnic in the woods as they roll around in the dirt, sharing good times and laughs before Big Jim stabs Junior in the heart. And he's gone, dead, because we saw his body held by Big Jim. <laughs> that was pretty shocking. And the way they were rolling around, I thought for sure they were the ancestors to the Rolling Masons. I was positive at that moment. Positive. Uh, I do love uh, Mikey Dislikes. It. it describes the walking the plank sequence between dad and daughter as their tryout for American Gladiators. But Barbie doesn't like American Gladiators, so he decides to just break the board altogether. Which, of course, dome logic applies that he would have a chain just happen to be wrapped around his leg so that he's saved after all. So Julia and Barbie start a, a makeout session. And just as they're making out, they realized, hey, we're not alone. We're being watched by the military. They come in and they clean everything up, basically trying to figure out how to cover up this entire thing because nobody can talk about aliens and visitors from another planet outside of the people that know, which just happens to be the number six. So here we have the Chester's Mill Six that have to keep a lie from the rest of the population. Uh, I think I've seen that one before somewhere. Lost. Another year later, and we have the American Sniper. We have a wheel-bound uh, chair NSA agent that looks exactly like he's in the same room that he was in an Acteon. Uh, set piece uh, reconstruction there. <laughs> and of course, Barbie and Julia do what they do best. That's right. They live in the woods, camping out, eating fish. And then Barbie does everything that everybody's been waiting for. Oh, they proposed. If you were in so much love for, you know, a year ago, why didn't you just get proposed when the dome came down? Why did you wait a year? Oh, because we really don't know anything about each other. That would make sense. Get to know the person you're going to marry before you actually propose. That'd be smart. Find out if Barbie's killed anybody else's husbands. That's right. Uh, as they're proposing, the marriage proposal's broken up because Congressman Jimmy shows up with Indian tow. And they found out that they do have a problem on their hands because, as Big Jim said, if you don't see a body, then it ain't dead. And it ain't dead it is because Dawn is alive in Nebraska and she has some children of the corn of her own looking for eggs. And, of course, they find one. But not before Nori finds a card that will get her into a secret access place to find all of the people that were part of the kinship and who is there. But Joe himself, not dead, alive, but is he Joe? Or something else. Don't care. Because <laughs> guess what? The show's over. And the egg sits there waiting for someone to touch it again and repeat this entire cycle. No. Because as they said in this other show that they stole the basically the notes from, that the notes ended up saving their lives. This has all happened before, and it will all happen again. I, I just have to ask, how many science fiction and mystery shows have all... You know, whether it's t television or in the movies, they all end. And then you get this little shot of something that tells you that they're not safe after all. I thought that was the worst possible thing they could have shown. Actually, the entire <laughs> one year later. <laughs> wow, that was bad. So with that, 
Let's talk about two things. Okay, let's talk, Troy. Let's talk. Number one, what could have happened if a season four came to be? What would you have liked to have seen come next? Make it as the best thing you can or the craziest crap you've ever seen. The floor is yours. You have a white sheet of paper. What do you have for Under the Dome season four, Sir Wayne? Well, let me preface it by saying there was no way in heck I was going to watch it, no matter what they did. This was the end. However, if they had a season four, you know, they could go full bore wackadoodle and still call it under the dome, but not have another dome. And maybe in the shocking series finale at the end of season four, that's when poof, another dome appears. But this time it doesn't chop a cow in half because they've all gone vegan. Giant cantaloupe cut in half. (laughs) And you know what? That actually works. (laughs) Because <laughs> I had very much the similar same thing, and I said watermelon, not cantaloupe. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, okay, we had meat in the first one. Let's do vegetables or fruit. How do we do that? Oh, yeah. Oh what? Yeah, some kind of melon. Let's do melon. <laughs> I think we've been podcasting about Under the Dome a little too long, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. It's like, just have them be completely on the run. Everybody, It's like, it's like uh, what was that show, uh, the movie, Mad Mad World or Rat Race? And they have like all these different factions are trying to run to the egg in Nebraska and then yes. they all arrive and they touch it. And then a giant piece of fruit falls down. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So that makes it really quick and easy because <laughs> we have the same thing. That's I cannot funny. believe it. That's what funny. are the odds? Uh, and, and it's literally guys, it's not written on the show prep document or anything. <laughs> no, it's not. I was waiting to hear what Troy had and I can't believe. Oh, well. <laughs> so I'll move on to the second thing since you stole my thunder for that one. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. I didn't know the thunder was rolling in. Uh, so I will tell you about how I think under the dome itself in the three seasons that we had could have been better. Oh, this is going to take a while. <laughs> it won't take a while. I promise. <laughs> so literally what I think should have happened is I think this is, I probably mentioned this before, but I think the events of season three would have been better interspersed in the events of season two. And I think what it should have been was when we got to the gallows, I keep saying gallows, but it's, yeah, gallows at the end of season one and the the pink stars and whatever and all that started happening. I think that when the dome went white, instead of being magnetism, I think that should have been the projection and the fake one year starts there without the cocooning process even happening because the cocoons were creepy and gross. But literally at that point, they would have had like a year living their own lives but they were all just knocked out from the EM pulses. Remember how everybody was passed out and Junior had those dreams of Zenith? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do the cocoon concept, but they're just passed out on the lawn for that entire year. And then somehow, some way, there's one person that wasn't affected. They're the ones that wake everybody up. And the person that that happens to is actually Hector Martin, because Hector Martin can't see inside the dome because of the whiteness that was on the outside. So he comes into the dome because he knows about the portal in the back of Don Barber's yard. And Hector comes inside and says, Hey, this is a problem because you guys are all passed out because there's this alien infection going on. Yada, yada, yada. We know the rest. And we get to the point of, we need to find the egg. Well, big Jim actually destroys the egg because when Julia dumps it in the water, Agatha comes back to life instead of Melanie and Agatha brings the egg into town. Big Jim sees that Agatha is still alive Agatha then gets killed by Big Jim and Big Jim destroys the egg at that point. And that's why Hector says, okay, well, I have another egg in Zenith at my building, 
but we got to go get it. And then that's when they jump off the cliff to go back to Zenith to get the blue egg from Patrick so that they could bring it back into the dome so that way they're able to bring down the dome. But in that process, they actually find that Pauline is still alive and they need Lyle and they need Sam and they need all of the eight hands to basically do what they did, but all eight of them had to sing their exact tones themselves. The problem was, was that the eighth person, Melanie, was missing, and Angie's still alive in this scenario. And so because Melanie is missing, somebody had to step in for that eighth note, and that person that stepped in would have been the monarch. And then the monarch would have been crowned and became the queen at that moment. And that's how the queen gets born, is because they're the eighth note to whistle and it could be anybody, right? And it happens to be Julia, and Julia ends up being the eighth note that whistles the tone. And then season three would be, how do we contain the kinship and make sure they don't escape and military, Acteon, and all that jazz. I think that would have, it would have flowed better that way. Very, very interesting, Sir Troy. And I think it would have been a much now- more enjoyable show because it would have had continuity and made sense. <laughs> I... Really like where you're going on that. I, I could see that making more sense and being a more enjoyable show overall. And you're not going to believe this, but that's the exact same thing. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that That is actually really good. Now, I wasn't as deep of a thinker as you as far as coming up with what could have been different. Uh, my major changes and forks in the road on how Under the Dome could have been better go all the way back to season one as well even a little further back than yours. I think they definitely should not have killed the original sheriff because everybody loves Frank Lapidus and anything that he's in. Keep him alive because he was the best sheriff this town had ever had. And don't let anything happen to Officer Randolph. The whole shooting of the dome and then him having to run into the forest and getting killed, that should have never happened. Randolph should have been the sidekick to the sheriff kept some law and order in this dysfunctional town, then they should have gone a little more uh, Game of Thrones on us in that they should have actually hanged and killed Barbie at the end of season one or even sooner, you know, just for fun. I think that that would have showed a lot more weight to the series by actually killing off a major star. Uh, None of the major characters died. I mean, maybe Junior there in the very, very last episode, big whoop-de-doo, that more of them should have been killed off earlier. That would have, you know, A, would have been a lot more Stephen King-like, and B, would have added a little more drama-like. Because all through the series, we knew nothing was going to happen to Julia, nothing was going to happen to Babs, nothing was going to happen to Big Jim, and especially nothing's going to happen to Joe and Nori. Uh, those two would have been chained up and left for dead in the bomb shelter, maybe. That, that'd be kind of Stephen King-like. So as far as what would happen after all of that, sure, we could still have Big Jim be the hero, or we could have him end up being the only living soul left in town, him and his dog, Indy. And you know they just sit there and wait it out eh, maybe about seven years, and then the dome just, one day they wake up and the dome is gone, and we never know anything about aliens, forehands, giant butterflies that were never seen, or any of that stuff. You do know that this is an Amblin television show. Aliens are a must. Uh, I was going to take it away from Amblin, give it to another production company, and keep it on Showtime. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Uh, So then, I actually kind of like that too. You know, I, I, I... 
I would expand on your concept and say that if we could have kept uh, Lapidus around and if we could have kept uh, Officer Randolph around, Sheriff Duke Perkins, sorry, Lapidus forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if we could have kept the two of them around, it would have been great to have seen like the good cops versus like Big Jim and his posse. And, yeah. And, and done more town interaction like the book actually had. I think that would have been in, more interesting. And, and then on the side, you have this external you know, conflict with the Acteon and the government and yada, yada, yada. I'm all for that, Troy. Especially the yada, yada, yada part. Oh, you cannot go wrong with yada, yada, yada. We learned that from Seinfeld, like many things. So favorite scenes and worst scenes, not just from the finale, but the entire series of Under the Dome. What are you going to fondly remember? And what are you going to be like? <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. Uh, should we just do the favorite ones first? Then? Sure. And that way nobody gets confused. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easy to do because we lost all our brain cells. Oh, favorite scenes from Under the Dome. Now, the cow getting cut in half was cool the first 500 times I saw it. Um, after that, it was no longer a favorite. Uh, although I wanted the Reverend to hang around a while, I thought him being killed by Big Jim by putting his head up against the dome and having it fry his, his uh, what was his, hearing aid and just kind of killed him. I felt really bad for Sheriff Perkins uh, with his whole uh, pacemaker jumping right out of his chest, but that was very memorable. A lot of this stuff really is mostly memorable from the season premieres, except for season three. There's nothing memorable from season three, but in season two, the entire uh, season premiere of season two was fantastic. Everything from uh, dead Dodie wagging her bloody finger in front of Big Jim. And <laughs> I mean, that that was priceless. That was absolutely priceless. And although we did not get the payoff we were hoping for uh, later in season two is still pretty close to the beginning when Junior was having these visions of Zenith, it was it was so fascinating and showed so much promise. Like, wow, this is getting really weird. And this Zenith mythical place, is it in an alternate universe? Is it maybe in a different time? Uh, no, we don't get much payoff. It's basically uh, down the street, you know, a couple exits. And they've got, you know, in the tower, instead of it being a dark tower, there's Junior's mom teaching painting classes or something. So big let down there. But those are my favorite scenes. How about you? Um, that's actually pretty close. <laughs> I said, cow getting cut in half. I said, pacemaker getting exploded. I said, uh, hearing aid, uh, death by dome. I said, uh, Dodie waving her bloody finger. And I said, anything that had to do with Zenith before we found out what Zenith really was. I'm sorry. I stole your thunder again. You should, you should really go first more often, Troy. And then I, I but will. Those are iconic scenes. I mean, even if we got tired of the, the cow being cut in half because they did show it way too many times, it's still iconic because even 10 years from now, when you think back to under the dome, you're going to think back to the cow. Okay. So then I'll go first on the worst scenes then. Oh, okay. Okay. So number one, of course, is that thing we can't talk about. <laughs> number two, that's fight club. In case you haven't, if you joined us recently, we can't talk about fight club, Maxine episode nine and 10 season one. Uh, fight, so Fight Club, uh, crop dusting uh, airplane. Oh, yeah. Uh, she exists in both the past and the present, so she can be the seventh and the eighth hand from good old Rebecca Pine at the end of season two. Um, the entire revelation that Melanie was an alien in the end of the season three premiere in the second hour. 
and of course, uh, pregnancy test kidney stones that are passed from the queen out of her open wound. Those are my five. Oh, you're only going to list five? Oh my goodness! I guess we do have to get to listener feedback pretty quick because I we I could go all night. (laughs) I mean, I love doing the podcast. I love the listener feedback and chatting with you, Troy, and, and that's the fun stuff. Season three was filled with some of the worst television I've ever seen. And it made me forget how bad fight club was and the Rebecca pine, you know, the whole, all of that craziness was bad, you know, like trying to poison the whole town through the baptismal font or whatever they were doing. That was bad and crazy, but season three took it to a whole new level. I mean, horrible, horrible stuff. You touched on some of them, the, the passing of the kidney stone, basically, and I'm being totally frank here. Every single scene that Christine was in this entire season was just horrific. It, it, what a nightmare. What a train wreck. That was horrible. The the pregnancy. Save, save one. Well, when she died. It was, it was <laughs> well, still... save, save two then. When she, <laughs> when she died and when she killed Ava with the pillow. That was awesome. <laughs> Poor Ava. She hardly gave up a, a fight at all. She must have been totally exhausted from She just that. gave birth. Of course she's exhausted. <laughs> That that trying one and a half days of being pregnant with just wore her out. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. And then the the baby growing up and running off and just so many horrible scenes with uh, Barbie and Julia and, and Dory and Joe. I, I can't even think of specifics because they just, they tormented me so. Um, but they, they were just terrible, 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 terrible. And then the the fact that we get, you know, in the season premiere of season three, you know, we get the whole, all this stuff that's happening. And then we find out eh, it's a, it's a fake alternate one year cocoon reality. And then just a few episodes later, we have the apocalypse and everybody in the dome is safe. Oh, wait a minute. That was just a projection on the dome. Nothing really happened. Everybody's okay. They keep going back to the same. Well, and I'll stop there because I want to hear the listener feedback, the big Jim Quippy liners, uh, some clamors and some other great stuff. Oh, yes. The clamors. I can't forget about the clamors. That's the good stuff. So, yeah, with that, uh, overall, I think we enjoyed Under the Dome. We enjoyed spending time with the kinship, the residents here of Chester's Mill. Uh, granted, it was some of the best comedy on television in the summer because you could barely call it a drama. <laughs> And with that, I think we will just put a, a, a nice bow on the, everything that we think about it and transition into those final steps before we get to your listener feedback. So first, Big Jim Quippy Liners for this episode. Last week, Big Tim Buck Freakin' 2 was <laughs> the winner by 70% to 30% of the vote. So that's right. And I'm sure that's where he's vacationing now because he, when he's tired of looking at the White House from his window in his congressman's office... Until his new movie comes out with Julia Roberts. And Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman. Yes, yes. So with that, uh, let's go with our first one tonight. Uh, The first one we'll do from the beginning of the episode. This is where they're in jail. And Big Jim wants his puppy. Kyle Lee. A special kind of idiot who videotapes himself throwing eggs at cars on my lot. Posted on the internet. I was younger than that. Yeah, well, you're still just as stupid. I'll tell you what, when I get out of here, I'm going to commit an act of mercy and end your life. Let him out, Kyle. 
Josie says. Hey, uh, I need my dog. Please. He's the key to my heart. Hey. He didn't get any of his stupid on you, did he? End of humanity is upon us, and all you care about is your dog. Yeah, well, he's the uh, key to my heart. Hashtag big key. Hashtag <laughs> big key. I, I, go ahead. Why wouldn't Big Jim care more about that dog than everybody else? That dog's a normal, normal being, and everybody else is like, like I said earlier, wackadoodle. Wackadoodle indeed. I still want to know when he put the key on the dog. There had to have been some point where that happened because if the key is just there without actually being shown somewhere earlier in the television show, then we know that they literally had no concept. Well, if you're one of the wild and crazy people that purchased the season three Blu-ray discs of Under the Dome, that might be a deleted scene. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. And if you're really interested in buying those Blu-ray discs, underthedomeradio.com slash Amazon to do all of your Under the Dome shopping, whether you want season three on Blu-ray or the complete box set. Now, did you you say underthedomeradio.com slash Amethyst? No. That's hard to spell. That is hard to spell. So we made it easy. Underthedomeradio.com slash Amazon. Oh, much better. Thank you, Troy. Uh, The last one here for the Big Jim Liners for this podcast is going to be the one at the end of the episode when we are now Congressman James Rennie. So what's this all about, Jim? Why are we here? Family matters. So. No, it's not possible. She died in Chester's mill. That's what we thought. Uh, speak for yourself. I've seen enough bad movies to know if you don't have a body, they ain't dead. Everybody in this room knows that we are not alone in the universe. The kinship caught us with our pants down, and I, for one, am not about to let that ever happen again. Not after what it cost me. Where is this taken? Omaha, about a month ago. I came up with a facial recognition program to piggyback on all our surveillance, strictly off the books, hence the delay in catching this. You know what this means, right? She could be anywhere. Hashtag big body. Big body. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would have been a creative uh, stroke if they could have used that scene of Big Jim telling about the the body, because if you don't see the body, they're not dead. If they could have had that scene be like one of the first or second scenes of season one that could have saved a lot of people grief worrying that certain characters were dead because we knew that many of them could not have been dead because we did not see their bodies. This is very true, which is probably why they came back as dome ghosts. Remember those? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that was long before things were frozen long before long before. So with that, we have hashtag big key, hashtag big body. Make sure you still submit your votes. We want to see which one you like the best. I'm sure big body is going to win because it's great when the actors actually say the things that the audience is thinking (laughs) on TV. It's like, she ain't dead. She's going to come back. She likes got sucked through a portal in a cavern and went to another town like Zenith somewhere. And speaking of 
uh, characters saying things that the audience might be thinking. There, of course, earlier this season was Julia saying, just when I think this can't get any worse. <laughs> uh, the, the writers, I guess, did have some humor. Or they were totally serious. Could be, could be. With that, ratings time. Uh, we are going to rate the episode as itself, and then we're going to rate the entire series. So I will yield the episode rating to you first, Sir Wayne. That's fair enough, Troy. I would say only 1.08 out of 10 viewers didn't see that ending coming all the way from Zenith. 1.08. Still hanging on to those lost numbers. I will forever hang on to the lost numbers. Or is that Regina's address on her door from Once Upon a Time? Hmm. Mm, Coincidence? Even that was an homage to Lost. It was. <laughs> now, if Regina was on this show, I think things would have really spiced up and been a lot more awesome. They definitely would have been magical. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I said the finale was a six out of 10. Keys that finally unlocked us from the dome. Thanks, Indy. <laughs> Indy's the best. The, the best. best. Uh, yeah, six out of 10. I, I enjoyed the episode as itself. If you take all of season three and put it inside and just sit down for the hour again to be entertained and suspend disbelief, I gave the uh, I gave the episode a six for that reason. That's fair enough for me. There's not enough suspension out there to get that disbelief out of there. (laughs) The the one year later, I mean, in all seriousness, that that was I mean, that almost brought it down to a zero. But then Big Jim had the good quippy liners, which brought it back up to the one point oh eight. I mean, the fact that, like, Lily is really going to still be working with him, no way. She would be back out on the street working at Del Taco. Uh, I don't even think Big Jim would keep um, Hunter around. And there's no way Big Jim's going to become senator. There's no way. Well, think about it. If he's the only survivor and he's got to, you know, he's got to get elected, right? So he's got to be a man of the people. So the, th- the towns around Chester's Mill, they're the ones that voted him in because he was the savior per the agreement of the, of the military. And then in order to keep all the murder off of the record, he's got to keep Lily close to make sure she doesn't rat him out. So that's why she ends up becoming the chief of staff. So totally plausible in that regard. Well, maybe the general public is easily fooled. We know that. (laughs) They watched the show for three years. Oh, yes. I didn't think you were going to go there. How about the Under the Dome series as a whole, as as a television show? As a whole, I gave it a, I'm still going to give it a five out of 10. Giant contact lenses from a race of alien giant butterflies yet to invade the earth. Still patiently waiting for the butterflies after all the cocoon talk and the uh, chrysalis. And oh, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty respectable rating because looking at the, the series as a whole, I mean, I'm going to give it close to you. I'm going to give it four out of 10 ideas all blended together with no rhyme or reason. Because basically, season one, aside from the Fight Club, was pretty much really good. There was a few nonsensical things that happened, but season one had me excited for season two and season two opened up super strong with the best episode of the entire series. And then of course the whole weird, creepy, uh, science teacher. Well, no, well, she, in hindsight, she was a big plus compared to what they had this season. No, just juniors visions of Zenith. Those were so creative and Lyle Chumley, Lyle Chumley, uh, Lyle was a great character. 
And a lot of his stuff just with his paintings and his postcards and all of the crazy stuff and how he still loves Jim's wife. That that was cool, though, though there were a lot of down parts in season two. But then season three, oh, boy. Wow. Just wow. If there were only two seasons of Under the Dome, maybe long story short, if there had only been two seasons of Under the Dome, I would rate it six and a half out of ten. Mm, that's respectable. Maybe even seven. Whoa, whoa, let's not get crazy here. Okay, six and a half out of ten. <laughs> so with that, we'll, we'll give it a solid four and a half. Four and a half is not too shabby for what we had to endure these past <laughs> three summers. And when you factor in season three, man, math on a podcast goes out the window. And even though you may have been able to survive the whole dome thing and rejoin civilization, do you have the talents necessary to succeed in this brave, new, yet unfamiliar world? Enter lynda.com. If you visit lynda.com slash dome, you'll get 10 days of free learning to jumpstart your new skill, master your current skill, maybe even do both. That way you will have the most valuable skills, whether under the dome or outside of the dome, Easter egg hunting, you can be valuable. If you're going to be a spokesperson of any kind, post-alien invasion or otherwise, it's always good to be strong in your communication skills. So why not start from the beginning with communication fundamentals with John Ullman? Effective communication is more than what you say. Make your message more impactful and get the results you want in work and in life. In this course, John will walk you through strong and clear communication strategies that will help you improve your listening and your message and your delivery and the effectiveness of all of those. These strategies work across departments, teams, and cultures and help you get through communication blockers. That's right. LYNDA.com slash dome will give you access to over 3,000 video courses taught by expert teachers, any device you like, even in a Microsoft Surface tablet and the upcoming iPad Pro. But most importantly, you can even watch them offline with an annual premium membership, which is good because Hunter decides to stop spying on people and to start spying on you. He could stop the Internet from his NSA gig. So start your 10-day learning journey at lynda.com slash dome. That's lynda.com slash dome. Try it free today. Still with us? I hope you are because Big Jim always says... We're all in this together. It's that time, the great time of the evening, where we kick off the listener feedback section. First up, we had another great clamor from Rory in New Jersey. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Tonight, after three long years, I mean weeks, the dome finally comes down. But you know what that means. Only three more weeks until the Blackthirst returns on NBC. Rory is definitely the master of the clamors. I've not heard anybody that puts them together with as much skill, creativity, and with as much prolificness as Rory. And we also have a voicemail from Rory. So let's go ahead and see what Rory has to say about the season three finale of Under the Dome. Hey, Wayne, Troy, your boy Rory from New Jersey. Just wanted to call in. Uh, I was going to talk about last night's episode, but... Uh, we don't really need to do that. Uh, I wish it would have started and finished the way that it ended. But let's just say this. I wanted to say thank you uh, for all your work. You know, Troy got me into Under the Dome, and uh, it's been a great season listening to you guys. Appreciate all the work that you guys did, and I look forward to uh, anything you have coming up. Talk to you guys soon. I'm, a, I'm sorry, Rory. <laughs> 
That was my bad. He's going to hold you personally responsible because with Rory's dedication, he binge watched the first two seasons. Basically, he's seen every episode of Under the Dome in just the last, what, four months? Uh, Not even that. Probably the last two months. Wow. That's a lot of dome. Thank you so much, Rory. We appreciate it. (laughs) Two seasons in two weekends. That is dedication. You know what that also is? Hashtag dome logic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I love it. Now, this caller doesn't give their name, but from the email that came in, it said Dennis. So let's go ahead and hear what apparently Dennis has to say. So now with Under the Dome ending, I don't know what my next summer is going to be like. No Falling Skies, no Under the Dome, no Continuum. It's going to be a lackluster summer. Now, when it comes to Under the Dome, the finale, I liked it. It could have been better, it could have been worse, but I am overall satisfied with it. It, well, what bugged me the most was the open ending. Like, it could have been a bit more closed because uh, these ambiguous endings are always a bit disappointing because you feel that the writer didn't know how to end it. I know they were wanted a, se- a fourth season, but the show was degrading by the moment. So they needed that. But the finale was great. I mean, it had many deaths, uh, although there's a certain wig, a wig at the end, which I hate it. Like, it, it looks so fake. I hated it. I like that the dome came down after all this time. Well, I loved, I loved Big Jim in the end when he was like, um, I need a, I need a deal. And, he, and they were like, Wow, hypothetically speaking, what deal do you want? Or something like that. I love this. And, and yeah, and then came the ending with the weird egg again. And somehow the sex machine ending with uh, the alien being alive. That, these are my thoughts. I enjoyed it. I, can, I cannot think how it could have been worse. But I think if it were more... If the last five minute ha- minutes hadn't happened, it would have been the perfect finale for this show. Dennis, thanks so much. Uh, I agree with you. No skies, no dome, no continuum. It's going to be a pretty boring summer next year, unless uh, that other Stephen King thing on Hulu might come to be uh, that eleven twenty two sixty three show. Hopefully that's a summer show and that'll fill the void. Mm, word is it could be early 2016, but Ooh. you never know. Almost nothing happens on time, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with it's that. It's just but. happening, and that's all I care about. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, fantastic stuff. And so, Dennis, if I'm pronouncing your name right, and I, if I'm not, I apologize. Liked the finale, but hated the wig. I'm still trying to figure out because Mackenzie Lentz put something up about, uh, yeah, look at what the great hair department did for her. So I'm trying to see if that was actually a wig or if they actually cut her hair. Uh, I'm going to say it was a wig. I'm going to vote for wig because I don't think anybody would be willing to have their hair chopped off for this finale. (laughs) But And why? Was she trying to pass herself off as a boy? Was that the whole uh, point of that? I I don't think so. I think she was just trying to pass herself off as militaristic with her, her hair up and out of the way so she can take care of business. Or was she trying to hide her identity because they called her Jenkins? That way they wouldn't know that she was one of the Chester's Mill Six. 
Or maybe, maybe she liked this guy named Jenkins because she thought that Joe was dead. So she killed Jenkins' wife. And wait, that sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> um, but Dennis loved Big Jim's deal making. I mean, it's been a whole four weeks. So Big Jim's not very rusty at all in the car salesmanship deals. Yeah, it was a great scene. I absolutely loved how that went down. And then, of course, hey, nice rock. You miss me? <laughs> Never misses a beat. Gotta love Big Jim. Big Jim is the best. The best. The best. Uh, let's keep it going here with Jer Bear from Canada, I believe. Hey there, it's uh, Jer Bear calling from Canada with regards to the final episode of your podcast of Under the Dome Radio. I just wanted to say it's been a great trip uh, listening to both Sir Wayne and Sir Troy uh, podcasting about Under the Dome. I really enjoyed the podcast uh, more than I enjoyed the the last couple of seasons of the uh, show. And uh, you guys uh, have been fantastic. Uh, you're so enthusiastic. You did such a great job, and I'm looking forward looking forward to hearing you guys on uh, hopefully another podcast. Again, great job. It's uh, Jer Bear from Canada. Tune out. Thank you. Jer Bear, thank you so very much for calling in. Great to hear your thoughts. And thanks for listening to Under the Dome Radio and all of our shenanigans going through the years. We greatly appreciate your kind words. Very much appreciated. What do you think, Troy? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think we should clarify... <laughs> Since this is the last episode, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Wayne, but you and I have not been to London ever in our lives, correct? Not that we know of, unless that fake um, cocoon alternate universe reality is still being hidden from our subconscious. So neither Wayne nor myself are truly properly knighted as, <laughs> as sirs. Just to clear the air on that, in case anybody was wondering, because... <laughs> I want to say it was Lucifer Jr., one of our listeners back from season two. Uh, I don't don't remember if it was this podcast or a resurrection podcast for resurrection on ABC, but he basically dubbed us Sir Wayne and Sir Troy in one of his comments, (laughs) and then it just kind of went from there. So figured we'd share the story with all of you to clear the air because I I don't want to feel like I have to come rescue you from a dragon or something. Well, there has been a photo circulating on Twitter a few months ago that uh, the kind... Uh, folks, uh, Karen over at the Chester's Mill Gazette uh, published, and we were saving somebody out in the woods, I guess. It was our first interview guest. Uh, that's right. We had to get him to the studio. He was unconscious, but yeah. So yeah, I do believe it was Lucifer Jr., and I d- I think it started in season two of Under the Dome and carried over into Resurrection, and then uh, after he saw the first episode of Under the Dome season three, he says, I'm sorry, guys, I'm out. <laughs> Well, Lucifer Jr., if you're still out there listening, even though you weren't watching, we've heard people say that the podcast is better than the actual TV show. Uh, if you have been listening, thanks so much. It's been great <laughs> serving you as sirs. Absolutely. And yeah, we definitely will be heard on other podcasts. You know, we've got the Packers Fan Podcast uh, with, at PackersFanPodcast.com, which is going gangbusters, but I know some people are not into football or sports. Or Packers, uh, unfortunately. Well, okay. Um, you, of course, have the Blacklist Exposed that you do with Packers superfan Aaron Peterson. Yes. 
And then a little later on, maybe sometime in early 2016, we will have another TV fan podcast. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Absolutely. Now we got a Facebook direct message from Justina who said, okay, quick feedback. I'm giving this episode 7.5 out of 10 interrupted proposals. I'm satisfied with the show as a whole. Wayne and Troy, you guys are my second podcast. All right. Excellent stuff, Troy. We get to be the second podcast. I heard your great commercial promo during the Once Upon a Time fan podcast and started listening right away. Listened all the way through Resurrection Revealed. Please do another TV podcast together. You are a quote-unquote dynamic duo. Thanks for all the theories and laughs. And yes, I remember that the great promos that we've done, and we've hired out Rick Moyer at Moyer Multimedia LLC to do our promos and we were able to get that played on Jeff Roney's, Jeff and Colleen Roney's Once Upon a Time Fan podcast and some other shows. So that really helped bring in some new people. So, Justina, I'm glad you found us and thanks for your kind words. And if you've not heard those promos, those promos are in the feed. So just head on over to underthedomeradio.com, scroll through the posts and find the promo for season three and the promo for season two. Our season one preview promos weren't the best, but they're pretty funny too. <laughs> We were just getting started, but season two and three from Rick Moyer, follow him on Twitter at Moyer777. He can do a promo if you have your own podcast coming up. With that, good dramas do have to come to an end. And with that, we go to our own internal drama here on the podcast. Let's go ahead and see how things are for Mr. Aaron Arnett Jr. now that he has returned home from somewhere outside Toronto. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious me! Oh, oh, here we are at the final episode of not only Under the Dome, but the thing that kept us all here the entire time, Under the Dome Radio. <laughs> UnderTheDomeRadio.com, and I am just. Oh. I, I I don't know how to feel about this episode. You know, I was listening to the reaction cast last night. And I just I just have to say that I am so uh, I, I'm in agreement with both of you guys that the first forty five minutes or so we're like, okay, I see where this is going. But then the last fifteen minutes or so, I could definitely tell that they totally. We're not writing this to be the end of a series, and they got swept up, caught, if you will, in the riptide current of being cancelled. I think if they had known that this was it, we would have would have had a different ending, but we didn't. This is the ending we got. There's an egg. There's another egg. I'll say that again for the last time, probably. An egg. And this is it. This is the end of... Of our journey together. There's no more. I, I, I'm i disappointed by what happened to Joe. And for all intents and purposes, he might as well be dead. I'm glad Big Jim is a senator now. That's great. I love that. As far as Nori, uh, my, 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 my boy brought this up to me. Why is her name Jenkins in the army? I don't get that at all. I don't understand. But there's a lot of things I don't understand. Like, listen, it's been a year, Julia and a Barbie, Dale Barbara, Barbie McBarberson. Just get married already. 
You gotta wait for Big Jimmy to come and interrupt you. It's been a year, and you've fallen so much in love over those four weeks under the dome. You know, something I, I think that they missed out on when they were given those statements... And the, the military guy was like, do you agree with this? Well, too bad, because if you don't, that sucks. You better sign this. And they kept saying, four weeks ago, we have a, a dome came over Chester's meal. I thought they were going to reveal it. I thought they were going to reveal it, pull the curtain off, and show us that every week when we were hearing, it's been four weeks since the dome fell on Chester's mill, that that was actually going to be Big Jim making the announcement, like, to the press. That would have been a great reveal. Why didn't you do that? I ain't buying your Blu-ray to see no special features. I ain't gonna buy no Blu-ray of this show. This was, by far, one of the worst endings to a TV series I've ever seen. Now, I'm not somebody who hates TV shows and just likes to ramp on them, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I rate, like, the number one ending of a TV show as House M.D.? That was like one of the best endings to a show ever. And spoiler alert! Just kidding, I'm not going to tell you how that show ends in case you're watching it. But that's all I've got. I'd like to take a moment to sit right there and tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. No, I'm just joking. I just would like to say in this last edition of Under the Dome Radio, I would like to give my sincere, heartfelt... Thank you to Sir Wayne and Sir Troy, the men who made this podcast happen. Because not only did I get to hear a great podcast for the last two seasons of the show. I'm sorry, I didn't know you guys for the first season. I wish I did. But not only did I get a great podcast, but I earned a couple friends. And that is going to be a friendship or a kinship that lasts forever, I hope. I'm going to have to listen to your Packers fan podcast. And, of course, the voiceover journey with Wayne Henderson. But that's it, boys. I just wanted to tell you thank you. Thank you so much for your podcast. And thank you especially for putting out the time and the effort to rescue me when I was lost. I was lost for a good month and a half. And if it weren't for your efforts and your money and your helicopter, I'd still be out there. What would I be doing? I don't know. So anyway, I just want to say thank you. And I'm sorry that I took up a lot of time with this one, but it's the last episode. Anything goes, right? Am I right? (laughs) And so for the last time, I want to send it back to my friends and the host of this program. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Wayne, Sir Troy, on... Uh, yeah, uh, come in. Hey, wh- what, what are you doing here? I've got your prescription. No. Nine millimeters of hot lead to the chest. No. No. No! Pink stars are falling in lines. <laughs>
rates this podcast an A for awesome. Dr. Awesome. <laughs> oh boy. Um, stunned. That's almost, that's almost a better ending than under the dome. Uh, no doubt. Wow. Pins and needles. Pins and needles. Oh, amazing stuff. Um, Dr. Awesome sneaking in there. Oh my goodness. I was, we, we did our best to cover up Aaron's location and identity. And after the rescue, Aaron, if you're listening somehow, if you remembered to put on that bulletproof vest that we sent you, we know you're listening and we thank you for listening and for all of your submissions and great entertainment. We're definitely going to keep following you on Twitter, Aaron Arnett Jr. And uh, seeing your progress and all this stuff. Almost got to have lunch with Aaron Arnett a couple weekends ago when he was down here in Southern California for the Harvest Festival. But his ride situation changed and they needed to leave earlier than we had planned and we just couldn't make lunch happen. But one of these days, one of these days. Harvest Festival. Come Kamala. Come reap. Char you tree. No, not like, no, this is totally different. Than oh, okay. The, the one in the Dark Tower books, but a nice shout out. And Aaron giving us a callback to uh, almost spoiling the ending of House MD, but uh, he thinks that is the best ending so far. It is a it is a pretty fantastic ending, I have to say. If you were a big House fan and watching how it all wrapped up, it was it was like the perfect ending for a television show. Well, I'll tell you what, with the extreme heat here in Southern California, we've got a big House fan. <laughs> Oh, wait, the TV show. Sorry. Wow. Um, I, I really liked Aaron's idea, though, that if we could have had... A, now, granted, this would have also been a throwback to Lost, having the press conference for the <laughs> Chester's Mill 6, but him giving the press conference and giving the speech, having been the actual opening of the show uh, and the voiceover, I thought that would have been a really nice twist as well. That would have been really cool. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah, why, why didn't they do that? They, in hindsight, that seems... Only logical and perfect, especially since everybody knew the dome was coming down in this episode. True, true. And it didn't, and it didn't really come down. It kind of went sideways and then just vanished. Pink stars are falling. Not that crap again. <laughs> yeah, don't start with that. I'm just glad that in the end, Dr. Awesome has been thwarted, providing that uh, UPS got that bulletproof vest to Aaron Arnett Jr. in time. We hope so. We hope so. Well, let's continue. We have... More voicemails coming up. This one here from our good friend, Neil. Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling into Under the Dome Radio for the Under the Dome finale, The Enemy Within. So, as I said last time, you know, expectations for the finale was mayhem and bring the dome down. We got quite a decent amount of mayhem with Junior killing Sam, Big Jim killing Junior, uh, Don plummeting to a death that nobody believed, and Army coming in and doing all sorts of stuff. So that was, we we got a decent amount of mayhem there. Um, under the dome radio transmitter brought down the dome, which came nice. So they accomplished uh, their mission in in the final episode. One of the uh, things that we saw at the end was the promise of what could have been a new season with that new egg there, which would have brought in Under the Dome Green Bay, as uh, previously discussed, 
And then, of course, the interesting thing about that would have been Big Jim now is a congressman who would be on the outside and seeing what would happen to another community under the dome. But we're not going to be subject to another three years of under the dome looking there. So we can call ourselves saved in that respect. Anyway, it was an interesting uh, finale. It's been a good time with Under the Dome Radio. And uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Neil from Bowie, thank you yet again for calling. Plus one, 904-469-7469 for all of our shows over the past few years or so. Always great to get your voicemails and being such a big part of the listening community. And when you brought up the mayhem, I just pictured that psychotic guy on those insurance commercials that if the folks in Chester's Mill would have had the right insurance company, mayhem could not have hurt them. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of too in my head. I was picturing that guy like, you know, getting shocked by a big purple bolt of lightning or something. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, we just want to say for the record, you know, Wayne and I did not know how this show was going to end. So when they used a radio transmitter to bring down the dome, we had no knowledge of that whatsoever when we decided to name the podcast Under the Dome Radio. Very well put. We we did not have a clue, and we started hoarding all of the propane to try to keep their radio station from using it. That's absolutely true. No, we actually the, the 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 book, the radio station, is actually like the quintessential part of the story in the book, and so we decided to name the podcast because the radio station was such an important piece of the book. We figured it would be an important piece of the TV show. And it was kind of for the first season. Everybody was doing their broadcast, listening into the military chatter. But in the end, it was the radio transmitter that saved the day. So there you go. Plus one for us for being right. Under the Dome, Green Bay. <laughs> Coming soon. Good stuff. Good stuff. It would make more sense to be Under the Dome, Minnesota. Because then, you know, if they trap the stadium under the dome, it's something they're totally used to and they'll survive just <laughs> mediocre. Uh, but Green Bay, no domes are allowed in Wisconsin. No, they are not. No, they are not. And I hear that there'll be a dome back in Minnesota very soon, sometime like next season or the season after. I applaud them for getting a brand new shiny stadium. But to me, it in, the, in all seriousness, it looks like a giant glass uh, walking, you know, not a walking thing. You know what the Jawas had in the first uh, Star Wars A New Hope. It looks exactly like the Jawa mobile, except for made out of glass. <laughs> There's a vision in my head I will never get rid of now every time I see the pictures. Look at it. Let me know if I'm wrong. Hey, Jawas, these are not the droids you're looking for. Maybe they could change their name to the droids or the Jawas. Oh, the Minnesota droids. The Minnesota Jawas. Oh, yeah, they're hey. That'd be funny. Oh, my goodness. All right, moving on. Here's another one from Chester Mills. Troy, Wayne, Chester Mills here. And uh, I think the best part of every season has been the ability to listen to you guys. You guys have provided infinitely more entertainment than the show itself. And um, I think that most people would agree with me. Um, last night's episode um, left me a little bit confused. Is the show over? Are we done? Is that it? Um, you know, there's there's loose ends that I felt need to be tied up unless we're going to continue on with another season. No surprise that Don is not dead. Uh, no surprise that Big Jim was able to talk his way out of another uh, problem. Uh, a little bit of a surprise he's a senator, but uh, then again, it's Big Jim, right? Um, used car salesman, politician, it's all the same thing. 
Um, so I guess if the show were to go on, uh, you know, they could maybe still call it under the dome or maybe they could call it outside the dome. Um, maybe there's going to be another dome, the egg that the kids found. Maybe that's going to spawn another dome when someone comes across it and touches it. Um, you know, I'd like to, to see why are the aliens coming to earth? You know, what's Dawn's purpose as the queen other than, um, you know, kind of being overly dramatic. You know, it it, it was it was an interesting concept. Um, I didn't read the book, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, apparently, if you did read the book, you still didn't know what to expect. And so, it is what it is. I had fun talking to you guys. I had fun watching the show. Um, if if there's another season. Um, if this is indeed not it, then, then I'll watch it. I want to see what happens. Um, and, you know, hopefully in the near future, I can uh, watch another show that you guys will do a po- podcast for. Anyways, it's been a pleasure, and I wish you guys well and Godspeed. Chester, thanks so much for calling in. Plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine. That voicemail is always up and running, TV show or not. So if you ever just get lonely in the night looking at the moon, feel free to give us a call <laughs> and we will re- respond and write you back. Um, yeah, good stuff there from Chester. Just to confirm, there is no season four. It is done. It is over. Finite caput. There but, is no more. There is no more dome. But. Remember when X Files got canceled and Heroes got canceled? And prison, now look, and Prison Break got canceled, and Twenty Four got canceled, and, and ten years later, there's going to be new episodes of these shows. So maybe season four will be ten years from now, and who knows what technology they'll have? But uh, I think the aliens invaded mostly because they wanted our wigs. And Chester, you brought up a great point with. Big Jim, Senator, I can just picture him now. This is my government. Absolutely. This is my branch and that branch and that branch too. <laughs> uh, I, I love I'm listener just, voicemails. I'm just laughing at the fact that like five, ten years from now, it's going to be, hey, we got this great idea. Let's resurrect that dome shell for a, for a mini series of just like eight episodes during a summer. Yes. And then, it's <laughs> and then it goes on, three years. And on and on. Oh, no. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's see where are we going to next. Uh, Hank, Hank, even in the middle of his move, as we told us about previously, he had time to call in just before he broke down his podcasting studio there for the TPE network. Hi guys. This is Hank Davis from TPE network. This is the last recording I'm going to do before I tear down my podcasting setup and move to Detroit. Right now I'm in the thumb area of Michigan kind of cool to gesture on your hand and be inside of the thumb area but (laughs) it was a really jumbled episode but it was a lot of fun i i just love when series try to close the show up you know they did their best to give us some answers and to leave a little bit of thread dangling in case they ever want to do something with the series again in the future but it would have been nice if dawn was done instead of leaving her alive. But I understand why they did it. I thought they just did the best job they could do with what they had to work with. And in the time frame that they had to work with, it was nice to see the couples, you know, somewhat work out. Big Jim was always meant to be a politician anyway. So why not? I don't know. I I guess I didn't get the closure I was hoping for, but 
when you get that sudden cancellation like that, what do you expect? I've had a lot of fun calling in all season long and I really enjoyed the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm moving for a reason. And so my life has been kind of upside down over the last couple months. And it's been great to have this outlet of under the dome radio to escape all the stress of the real world as it were. And I really appreciate what you guys do from a fellow podcaster. I know everything that goes into creating these shows and building communities around them. And it's a lot of hard work. You guys have done a fantastic job and I cannot wait to find out what show you guys are going to do next. Cause I know you'll do some show whether it's next summer or, or whatnot, but I will definitely be tuning in to whatever you do. I appreciate you guys. And I can't wait to get back online and connect with you guys after I move. Thanks again. Awesome. Hank Davis, the future voice of NFL films. Very kind words. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Good luck with the move, bud. Hopefully we get to run into you soon since Chicago and Detroit, not too far away from each other. We should uh, meet somewhere in the middle and have lunch. Or one of these days, maybe a road trip to see the Packers play the Lions in Detroit. Ooh, or that, vice versa. That would be a fun time. That would be a fun time. Since Hank's not really a Packers fan. He's, you know. A Raiders fan, last we checked. True, but he also likes the Lions. That he does. And now he's going to be in Detroit. And Hank, you're right. It, it It's all about the fun. You know, whether the show's good or the show's not good you know, under the dome. You know, we are still here to have fun because we all need something to laugh about. So why not this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Wiser words have never been spoken. With that, Barb sent us a quick note on the end of the dome. It was rather anticlimactic, wasn't it? So I'm glad I saved my best rating for last. I'm giving this episode one 20-minute wasted segment, setting up the show for a season that will never come. Had the powers that be at CBS not promised us an ending that would be satisfying, if it were the end of the season or series, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But they did. Besides, I was just itching to give it a one. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Barb. I love it. Once again, there were more more plot holes than one could possibly explore in a one-hour podcast. See what I did there? (laughs) And I feel a bit cheated after watching it for three seasons. But at least it's gone. But there will be fan fiction to wrap it up. So here's mine. Number one, Don breaks out new alien boy toy Joe from Army Prison. They create a new dome world in Utah and live happily, albeit strangely, after ever after. Did you notice how close they were and they almost kissed during that finale? Ooh, creepy. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen. I did I'm too. I'm like, no, not again. Not, oh, first Christine and now... Uh. Uh, they have lots of baby aliens who will take over the world one day and Daddy Joe teaches them science tricks to enable them in their cause. They prepare for their next dome. Number two, Big Jim is caught in a murderous sex scandal on Capitol Hill after his successful run for the presidency. He is brought down by his once faithful dog, Indy, who bites him in the beep. He tries to escape out a window. Good boy, Indy. Good boy. (laughs) Julia and Barbie trade in their motorcycle for his and her Priuses and divorce after three years of marriage. They finally realize they had nothing in common except for that stupid dough. And the murdered Mr. Shumway. And finally, as Barbie has left Julia in a financial mess, she hires hit woman Nori to do the job. As Nori tries to escape after successfully eliminating Barbie, a dome comes crashing down around her, cutting a cow 
in half. And that is the end. Thanks so much for keeping us entertained. Barb signing out and looking forward to your next endeavor. Very, very nice. Thank you so much, Barb. And, and it's great to hear there's quite a few people that are looking forward to finding out what our next endeavor is. Yes, we'll have to keep you posted for sure. That's at Troy Heinrichs on Twitter. And you, sir, are? At Wayne Henderson on Twitter and on Facebook, Wayne Henderson. I, I like to keep it simple, but I love Barb's fan fiction, much like yours, but going in a different direction. Hers is like the alternate universe fan fiction. And I could see them actually filming both yours and Barb's and showing them on alter alternating weeks. And so we could never really tell what's going on. Yeah, one will be the Showtime version and one will be the CW version since they have two <laughs> sister networks there for the CBS properties. Oh, but it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Good old Babs and Julia. Nothing in common. Dead husband. Uh, two more before we close out the show. Here is our friend Krista from Okinawa. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Troy. This is Krista calling from Okinawa for the very last time, I guess. Um, and I just wanted to call not to comment on the show, but really to thank both of you all uh, just for this tremendous podcast and for, you know, allowing me to be part of this whole podcast experience. I really enjoyed listening to you all every week. I really, really enjoyed listening to the other callers every week. And in fact, the for me, the podcast was as much a part of the show as the show itself. So, uh, with that being said, unless you all do listener feedback on Scandal or on Murder, She Wrote, then I guess I might not be talking to you for a while. So thanks again for all that you all do. And um, the only comment, if I were going to sum up the entire show, the way I would sum it up would be this. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. You don't pull... The mask off the old Lone Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. That's it for me, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Krista, thanks so much for calling in. Plus one, 904-469-7469. And she sings, too, much better than I do, apparently. Uh, Krista is a far superior singer to either of us. That was fantastic, Krista. Thanks for getting that to us calling in all the way from okinawa japan that is dedication we've appreciated it and i still remember distinctly your voicemail from earlier this season i think it was around episode three or four when julia was trying to ask barbie you know you like eva more than me don't you and you and you said of course he does have you seen eva even oh. even don had one up i think <laughs> Wig and all. Wig and all. Krista, thank you so much for listening and your kind words and scandal. That that would make for an interesting podcast, to be sure. That it would. That it would. All right. Well, we'll close it out now with fellow Noodle Mix podcaster from the Welcome to Level 7 podcast for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one Mr. Ben Avery. Ben, the floor is yours. Hey, guys. It's Ben. Ben Avery from Welcome to Level 7, the podcast about Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Daredevil, comics, all that kind of stuff. <sighs> Got that out of the way. Time for me to talk about Under the Dome, the series finale. What was that? What was that? That was terrible. That was awful. That was so bad. Now, I'm not talking about the effects. There are some cool effects, but it was what the effects were there to be behind. It was so bad. The effects were there to lift up a terrible, terrible, awful, no good, very bad story. It was, ugh, you know, I have a gift 
a gift to give the benefit of the doubt to bad art. I look at some things, watch some things, and I think to myself, I see what they're trying to do there, though. It was actually, there's something good there behind what they were trying to do. And, except for Fantastic Four. Um, obviously, that, that, yeah, not, there is no benefit of doubt for that one. But I have never seen a show get this progressively bad. I have never seen a show get this, just take all the goodwill that it could possibly muster and then say, you know what, we're going to make you guys hate this. We're going to take this. We're going to give you little hints of what could be, and then we're going to go ahead and just spit on them and stomp on them and then uh, flush it down some sort of receptacle that flushes bad things. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, I'm I'm thinking about what, what, what would have been, and I'm thinking about what could have been, and I'm thinking about what should have been. The woulda, coulda, and shoulda. And I think, ah, oh, when I think about the woulda, when I think about back to when the show was getting ready to get started, and I was thinking, what would they do with this? What would they do with that book? That book was Stephen King. I read that book, and I thought, this is Stephen King doing Lost. I, I knew that that's what he was trying to do. I knew he was trying to be, you know, create a show. And then I find out, oh, they're doing a show with this book. Okay, before... Uh, and I was just thinking, what would this be like? What will this be? Will this work? Oh, man. And then I think of the coulda, what coulda been. They could have made this. I mean, the, the book, you know, your mileage may vary on the book. It's Stephen King. He's being Stephen King. He's writing Stephen King stuff, you know, and he's ending it the way he ends his stuff. He's doing the middle the way he does his middle, and he's starting out with an awesome, incredible premise. And that's where I think what could have been is they could have just taken this and ran with it and made something really, really good. But I'm going to hang up now, and then I'm going to talk about what should have been because I don't want to get cut off by the voicemail in the middle of a thought. So I'll be back momentarily. All right, it's Ben again. What should have been? Here, let me tell you what they should have done. What they could have, would have. Now, here we're at the should have. They should not have had the characters change. They should not have had the characters get taken over by aliens. They should have let the characters be who they were, choose their side, and then go at each other. It was so much more interesting than, oh, I'm really, you know, before I was bad, and now I'm really bad because of aliens. Or before I was good. But now I'm bad because of aliens. No, it should have been before I was bad. Now I'm really bad because I want to survive. Well, before I was good, but now I'm bad because I want to survive. You know, it just, oh, it frustrates me so much. What, oh, the wasted potential here. They should not have waited for this daddy-daughter conflict. That's one of the more interesting things that they did or tried to do. It, it, it didn't have any time to do anything because it was just another thing they were just doing. It was just another thing that just happened. It just happens because why? Because we want it to happen and it sounds cool, but it doesn't make sense for character development. It doesn't make sense for story development. And it's just, it's just this added on thing of, well, what are we going to make it happen? I don't know. Maybe we should this happen. No, they should have just waited, not waited, should have not waited and done it earlier and let it build up and let it be a character thing. We actually have conflict there between Barbie and his own daughter instead of this it should have been a half a season instead of half an episode. It's it just everything that interesting that happened happened in the last couple of episodes, but it didn't have time to breathe because they tried to trick us so much early on in the season by looking at all the things around like the message boards and the podcasts and stuff like that and saying, okay, this is what we think is happening. Well, they think that's what's happening. We're going to make it happen and make it not happen. It, and that's another thing. They should have not just cheated 
and gone on these rabbit trails that were more interesting than where they were actually going, blowing up stuff outside of the dome, more interesting, letting them, you know, jump ahead a year, more interesting, and then they pull it back and make it this weird, ugh, terrible thing. And maybe, maybe the ultimate showed up that they should have never done this. Maybe if this is where they're going, it's a waste of money, it's a waste of time, and it was a waste of story. And that ending, no, no. A miniseries should have an ending. When they knew they were being canceled, or when they kind of thought maybe we're going to not, you know, survive another season, film an alternate ending. Do some ADR and just get some dialogue from Barbie so you don't have to go to this cliffhanger ending. It's not even a good cliffhanger. It's not even a good cliffhanger. It's not a good ending, and it's not a good cliffhanger. And any chance of satisfaction, any chance of satisfaction was just destroyed. Destroyed. And like the entire series, its ending was a tease that squandered goodwill and that just frustrated people. It was, like I said, a waste of money, time, and story. It's done. Guys, thank you so much for your podcast. Sorry those messages were long. I really am sorry. I'm just calling back to say thanks for the podcast, guys. I'm calling back to say you made it fun. You made it funny. And, you know, even though there were times when I was kind of digging it, you know, it was fun to hear you guys not dig it. Uh, I'm fully 100% on your side right now of not digging it and never being able to recommend it ever because the ending just has no value at all. But I wanted to say thank you for making it fun. Thank you for making it awesome. You guys did a great job, and I'm so looking forward to 11-22-63. I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to take that journey with you. I love the book. I really, 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 really enjoyed the book, far more than I did Under the Dome, although I liked Under the Dome, the book. And so I'm looking forward to that. If you guys are doing something with that, I am there with you. So, yeah, great. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, this is Ben Avery from Welcome to Level 7. Uh, welcomelevel7.com uh, saying again, thank you. Later, guys. And this isn't goodbye. It's just thank goodness it's done. Ben Avery, long days and pleasant nights. And may he have twice the number. That's for sure. Uh, the gift of giving the benefit of the doubt to bad art. I, that's a really interesting gift. That's that's one that you have to really hone because I'm I'm not as blessed in being able to give the benefit of the doubt that easily. But that's very well put. And some great woulda, couldas, and shouldas in there, uh, Ben. You know what they should have done? What? They should have just done the book and just changed the ending. It would have been a great... 16 episode series. And they also should have contacted Ben to help write it and keep it on track because I think the two words that sum it up the best Ben put out there by saying wasted potential. I mean, the book had great potential. The beginning of the series had great potential. And then I have no idea what they were thinking with season three, other than maybe they were purposely trying to make as many people hate as they could for whatever strange reason. But Ben is not going to be recommending it ever. No, and it, it's hard to, even though we did the podcast all three summers, it is hard to recommend it. I, I'm going to put, the, as we finish up the show here, I will say this. You know, people are upset about the cliffhanger ending. I think the cliffhanger ending was actually good because really? I, I think it just shows that there were there was a potential for other eggs and other domes, which is what we all wanted, I think, after season one. 
right? You know, could could there be a, a Chinese dome? Could there be a Russian dome? Could there be an Australian dome or whatever? You know, I think the one thing that was bad about the ending was that Dawn was still alive. I oh, think yeah, that was terrible. If you kept Dawn dead, and when they said, hey, we got a hit, I think we found it, I think they were still looking for eggs. And then to have the kids on the beach actually find an egg, it would have been great to see one of the kids just kind of reach out and touch it and start the cycle all over again mm, on their own. But I don't want to see the cycle start over again, though. But there, you know there's other eggs out there. Well... Maybe there were just those two. It could be. So I'm just saying, if Dawn wasn't in the picture for that last 25 minutes, plus we didn't have the mushy-gushy stuff in the woods and all that jazz. Oh, boy. Because the congressman stuff was cool. Um, the Finding the eggs and is this line secure? And, hi, honey, how are you? Um, that was kind of interesting that they actually did get together instead of you know Hunter getting with Nori, because that could have happened since Joe's gone. Um, and then I think at the end of it... It all it all did tie together at the end, you know. The mm-hmm. dome the dome was there to protect the aliens, plain and simple, right? And then of course the mini dome was there to protect the egg until the four hands who were hopefully infected by the disease unlocked it to get the egg out to give it to the queen in order to make the dome come down. So the the premise of the overall story does make sense. It just wasn't executed very well. Oh, not not at all. And I'm going to side kind of down the middle. I mean, you make great points there, Troy, but I think Ben also makes great points. And as as far as the ending and all of this other stuff with the other eggs and possible other domes, that would have been more intriguing back at the end of season one or even the beginning of season two. But to wait all the way till midway through season three, it's a little too little, a little too late. And the whole thing was just rushed. Like, yeah. If, and you know, one other thing on that whole one year later at the end, in addition to being terrible, unbelievable, and just creepy and weird, it really, it really, really felt like it could have been another projection or maybe the dream of one of the main characters because it was so surreal and so bizarre that it just seemed like a dream. Like, there's no way this could be real in any way, shape, or form. I, I, I agree with you there. And I think that's one of the things that was frustrating about the season was they went to the dream sequence concept. It's like, it, once you go there, like, then you have to, like, question everything. And it's just so tiring. You know, it, it just, it doesn't work. So I just wish people would stop doing it. You know, we it worked once, you know, back in Dallas. And it was great. And it worked again on Newhart because it was funny. But it doesn't in work a different way. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. You know, don't don't do it anymore. Don't don't pull the wool over my eyes. Don't do it twice in one season, because that just <laughs> irritates the crap out of people. Especially when the one season is a whole thirteen episodes. Oh man! And you know what's kind of interesting is if you take all three seasons of Under the Dome, you know, minus all the commercials, it takes about the same amount of time as listening to the entire Under the Dome audiobook. It probably did, right? About thirty six, thirty nine hours. Somewhere in in that ballpark. Now, of course, the the Under the Dome novel is far more graphic and far more violent than the television show. But uh, if you can handle that, it's pretty wild. Yeah, we will recommend the book, one hundred percent. The ending, the, the the ending is a little bit. We're gonna say, you probably can expect the ending now that you've seen the TV show of where this might go, but. Up until the ending for 35 hours of the 39 hours, it is totally riveting. It, I mean, literally a page turner. Couldn't, couldn't put it down. 
especially when you get to the parts of the radio station and the propane tank story and all of that. It was, it was literally like rushing through that last six hours to get to the end. And then you were like, Oh, that's how it ended. <laughs> okay. And, and the, the book, what the book was pretty good, but I'm going to agree with Ben that 11, 63, much better. Fantastic. Stephen King book. Much, much better. Let's just say I'm not giving anything away, of course, because lots of things are going to happen, but I think it's one of the few Stephen King books. I mean, picture this Stephen King. He's not just horror stories and weird, crazy alien stories. 11, 63 got me teary eyed. Very much so. Very much so. You would not expect that from a book that says written by Stephen King. That's all I'm going to say. It's good stuff. So your homework, if you choose to accept it, is between now and whenever 11-22-63 does start on Hulu, whether it's the spring or the summer, sometime in 2016, you need to read 11-22-63, and you could get that for a free credit uh, at Audible. So make sure you head on over there. Uh, use our Audible link on the website under the domeradio.com. Grab that free credit. That's yours to keep. What a, it's a great book to be to own. Um, and then if you haven't read it, read under the dome uh, and then call us at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine and let us know what you thought of the book and if you think the book was better than the show or if you thought the show was better than the book because it'd be interesting to see that perspective. Amen to that. Now, Troy, this has been a mind-boggling listener feedback section with so many different opinions, so many thoughts, all of them fantastic, and I appreciate each and every call that came in during all three seasons of Under the Dome Radio. But for this particular series finale episode of Under the Dome Radio, Troy, who would you say best exemplifies the honorary guest DJ of the week? I'm going to go with Jer Bear, just because Jer Bear sounds cool. Plus, he's from Canada, you know, listening all the way from up there. I, I, Jer Bear gets my vote, hands down, because we've given it to a bunch of these other people, too, that have called in religiously over the years. So why not give it to the new guy that we haven't heard from before? Yeah, it's great to hear from Jer Bear, knowing that he's been listening. And I'm with you 100%. Congratulations, Jer Bear. And thanks again for calling in. Even if it was for the finale, you're, you had so many kind words in your voicemail. Thanks again. Absolutely. And kind words for everyone all around. Such great listener feedback. We know that this episode is running a little bit longer than the usual, but season finales typically do, especially when they're series finales as well. And with that, we just want to say thanks to all of you for subscribing to the show over these past three summers. And since Dawn is out there and another egg does loom nearby, we have to get the word out because the Chester's Mill 6 signed a contract that they can't. So help us do that by rating and reviewing us in iTunes one final time. Those five pink star ratings and written reviews, the written reviews especially, will ensure everyone will get the message about what really happened in Chester's Mill. Plus... They will know that all of us in this kinship are awesome. Also, this show is made possible by you, the listener. One final time, we'll ask if you have any change to spare, please help our buddy Ben. We will link to a video of Ben and his mom at underthedomeradio.com slash Ben video. If you want to buy a propane tank, we'll make sure the funds get directly to Ben's family. Or if you want to support Ben directly, just go to underthedomeradio.com slash Ben so he and his family can get the help that he needs. Absolutely. If you want to donate directly to Ben, underthedomeradio.com slash Ben. If you want to see Ben and what he's been dealing with and hear from his mom, underthedomeradio.com slash Ben video. Ben video, all one word. We have made some amazing friends here over the years in Chester's Mill. The Millers, the Domies, the Domeheads. So definitely let's keep in touch 
underthedomeradio.com. We'll stay up and running for a long while, and our social links are all there at the top of the page. Drop us a note on Facebook, Twitter, heck, even Clamor on with some of the old podcast episodes since we just introduced Clamor this year. It'd be great to hear some of those pop up from time to time. We'll be looking for them. But if you do see Dawn out there in the wild, be sure to let us know. Thank you so much for everything and taking the time out of your day to listen to Under the Dome Radio here on the podcast. And for one last time on this show, I'm at Wayne Henderson, trying out a new wig for Packers football season. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, enjoying some scrambled eggs and Packerland cheese now that I'm finally free from being trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.